Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Nick Proughton. Nick, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Let's let's go. Nick is a speaker, a tech enthusiast, a cryptocurrency and blockchain expert, the ambassador and chief operating officer for the Load Project. Again, excited to have you on. Nick, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. Well, long ago when the world was young, <laughs> in the yesteryear of 2016, oh. before COVID, <laughs> if you can remember that far back, um, that was that was my first sort of introduction into the into the blockchain arena, and um, at the time I was actually doing some consulting for e uh, for e commerce companies. And this artist I was working with goes, "Yeah, I'd like to start accepting cryptocurrencies." And I look at him and I go, "What is a cryptocurrency?" You know, uh, which is I think how most people get started in this industry. But uh, I've been working in. Uh, in it now uh for for you know half a decade just about and it's crazy how fast time is flying and really um my my thoughts about what the industry were back then are still the same today it was like wow this thing this type of technology is going to absolutely change the world um and for me as somebody who's working in technology and has worked in technology for about a decade or so what really gets me super passionate is the idea of using technology to bring real value to people's lives. There's a lot of snake oil out there. Um, in no disrespect to the to the projects and the entrepreneurs out there, but you know, truth truth be told, there's a lot of excessive tech that we don't really need. And um, I don't feel that largely blockchain is one of those things. I think it has the capacity to um, completely disrupt the financial sector, which it's already doing, and and provide a lot more transparency to uh, the economic world. So. Um, that's me and that's me in a nutshell, really. Um, back over to you, George. Nice. Appreciate that, man. Did you give us something about the personal life in there? No, you caught me. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, a little bit about my personal life. You know, I, uh, I, I'm turning 30 this year, so it's one foot mm. in the grave. Um, and I am a hobbyist with art oil painter. Um, live in British Columbia, Canada, one of the best wine regions in the world. We do some uh, class A, like top-notch white wines, Pinot Noirs, um, you know, live on the side of a beautiful lake. Honestly, life could not get much better. Feeling pretty privileged as far as it gets out there. Um, yeah, I mean, the, sky, the sky's the limit in terms of you wanna, what you want to know, but uh, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty open book and happy to unpack it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all that. Have a little uh, glass of wine, do some oil painting, and just loving life. Beautiful. Right? A little bit of a renaissance. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's awesome. All right. So bringing real value to people's lives, it is – I think that there's a lot of people out there that are just fascinated by the space but just confused and they're like, okay, some of this is awesome and some of it's ridiculous like Dogecoin and it it, it really doesn't make any sense. Um, The idea of – linking a digital currency and then backing it by an actual physical asset like gold and silver. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll start, I'll start at the beginning here. You know, yeah, the cryptocurrency world is muddled with a lot of really confusing stuff. And part of the, part of the difficulties in, in working with this technology is you're kind of fighting against this, this when Lambos, when moon type of 
immature behavior that you see in the market. And that's been, uh, you know, that's been, that's been an ongoing battle for the past two years, but, um, there is a lot of really good, um, work being done in the blockchain space and uh, blockchains do have the power to bring more transparency, uh, and more accountability to our money. Um, and that in of itself, excluding all the other benefits of it, I think is, is just an incredible, uh, is an incredible thing to be able to do. Uh, as well as generating these new types of asset classes, which people can use as financial speculative vehicles or as legitimate currencies. Now, uh, what we do uh, with Load is, as you said, we collateralize these these um, these digital tokens with with physical metal. So we take uh, real gold, real silver, and for every single one of the coins that we produce, we say this represents one gram of vaulted, audited, and insured silver, and similarly one milligram of vaulted, audited, and insured gold. And we, uh, you own not just the economic interest of that valuation, but you actually can uh, redeem the tokens for the physical physical metal as well. And uh, there's a couple there's a couple reasons for this. Uh, for one, I mean, silver is already one of the world's biggest commodities in the world. It's used in just about every piece of modern technology that we have. Everything that you and I are talking to right now uh, has silver within it. And presently in the blockchain market, silver is highly underrepresented, right? So, um, you know, whereas traditional markets, you might be able to trade uh, paper silver, silver ETFs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is a distinct lack of that representation in the blockchain side. So we say, here's a felt need to provide that for the market. Uh, similarly, though, um, I shouldn't say similarly, but alternatively, um, there is a school of thought that believes that when we had our money backed by something that was tangible, that had inherent value to it, that it was more valuable, right? And there's good logic to suggest, given the fact that, uh, you know, since becoming uncoupled from the gold standard, the United States dollar has lost 90% of its purchasing power. Um, because of that, um, there is a school of thought that says, you know, if we if we back this money again, it becomes somewhat inflation resistant, right? It puts value back into our capital, and that in of itself has a has a powerful proposition. Now, um, whether or not people in the Western world want to use it for that capacity, or whether they just want to sit it on it and speculate with it like traditional gold and silver bugs do, that's up to you. You know, we're not going to tell you how how to use this asset, but we are creating an entire payments ecosystem that leverages this collateralized gold and silver or, or this uh, collateralized blockchain asset and um, with, with gold and silver. And we are uh, allowing people to, you know, run their businesses and settle to gold and silver, um, you know, as a way to create more stability and prosperity for themselves. So uh, it's really interesting stuff because at the same time as we're doing this, we're kind of like button noses against some of the biggest players in the world. So definite underdog story here when you're, when you're going against players like MasterCard and Visa. Um, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be on the forefront of a company like this that's trying something uh, new, but also old, right? Uh, silver and gold is a, a pretty universally understood standard uh, globally, um, and it's conventional in that sense. But uh, yeah, it's not often in your life you get to be on the forefront of a project like this. And what we hope is that, you know, while you Western world may just want to speculate on it, in developing nations, you know, places like Venezuela, Argentina, places that suffer from hyperinflation today in the world, um, you know, they can utilize this as a stable currency to run their lives, their businesses, et cetera, et cetera, because there is also a felt need in that region of the world. Um, yeah. So that's nice. what we do in a nutshell at Load. I just dropped a whole lot of information on you, so yeah. I'll, I'll put it back in your court. It's a lot of super interesting stuff. Thank you. How how are you going head to head with? You mentioned Visa, Mastercard. How was that? 
shaken out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so Load Payments International, we're doing a Reg D uh, 506Cs raise under the SEC with our, our partners at Toro doing a $10 million raise, which is really exciting stuff. Uh, and this is to to fund the development in the in the marketing around the, the payment software that I was just talking about. So presently, there are a lot of different payment solutions out there in the world. There's Venmo's, there's PayPal's, there's Visa, there's MasterCard. And uh, if you're a business, if you're a merchant, you're absolutely hemorrhaging fees with Visa and MasterCard, or especially uh, PayPal's pretty pretty bad as well. And uh, just recently, these these uh, you know these payment networks have come into the system saying, hey, we'll either allow you to accept Bitcoin or we'll allow you to um, process uh, blockchain transactions or settle to to crypto, um, which is which is all well and good, but it's kind of them reacting. It's a knee jerk reaction to uh, to this new stuff in the market, uh, this new these new technologies in the market, the Bitcoins and the cryptocurrencies, et cetera, et cetera. Our, our logic is, you know, we, we are coming from the future and working our way back. So rather than starting with traditional fiat processing and going into cryptocurrencies, we, we built all the, the cryptocurrency payment processing first. And now we are also uh, enabling all the traditional business uh, payments processing that you might see uh, from a regular payments processor, but with the added benefit of like considerably reduced fees and, um, you know, uh, burden on a merchant on an individual because we've we've optimized the usage of this blockchain technology first and foremost. So that's the strategy, um, and we have a, an aggressive roadmap for that. But it, of course, um, you know we gotta do a successful race to make that happen um, to to truly realize the vision. But um, that's not to say that we've been resting on our laurels. You know we do have active uh, mobile wallet technology which you can download in the mobile app stores. Uh, ready to go today uh, for peer-to-peer trading and for buying and holding and and uh, and uh, taking advantage of that digital gold and silver we were talking about earlier. So that's how we're taking on Visa. That's how we're taking on Mastercard. It's a it's a not uh, for an industry that moves so fast. The path is definitely a slow one, right? It's a long uphill battle. I don't think many people realize just how many legal calls and how many lawyers you have to get through in order to provide the services that you want to uh, provide. Um, but no, it's been a great learning I'm sure experience. it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah, so, you know, we took a, we took, to, we said we looked at silver and we're like, hmm, that's a really complicated market. And then we looked at crypto and we're like, hmm, that's a really complicated market. Why don't we do both? You know, it sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, let's let's definitely marry these together. Yeah. So, are are you needing to? Uh, well, is it your intention to to have a certain amount of value of currency so let's just so if, if you wanted to or how is that going to work and when you decide on a value do you actually will you then hold the actual gold and silver yeah so we already hold the gold and silver uh in our vaults all the currency that's in circulation is already backed right and um you know we do collect profits on the on the sale of that that gold and that silver very marginal profits but um you know as we collect that revenue uh, as these tokens are sold into circulation into the market we then use that to acquire more gold and silver and of course pay for operational expenses uh so the market is self-determining right um as we as we list on our first few exchanges and uh, the distribution of this goes wider and wider and wider. Um, you know, we have, will have less control over what we what we charge for putting new tokens into circulation. Um, 
and yeah, the market the market will self regulate essentially. Um, so that's that's um, I think healthier than what you see with with traditional bullion right now, where the premiums can run as high as fifty percent of what the spot price is. Um, so you know, in a way, we're we're also fighting against sort of traditional business models for for um, distributing silver, silver and gold. Um, so so yeah, hopefully that answers your question there about the valuation. There is no limit to how much currency can go into supply. Uh, it's just simply as as we acquire more silver and gold, it comes into comes into our possession. We tokenize it and then we sell it into circulation, and people will buy it at what they feel a fair market rate is. Right. As they're on exchanges and et cetera, et cetera. So you can't create new tokens until you actually have the physical gold or silver. That's correct. Right. And that's why every one of the the tokens is vaulted, audited and insured. Right. And we can't do that. We can't give you that insurance unless we have the asset. Um, cool. And yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, it, you know, it's as like everybody, we try to get our brains around uh, how, how, how this sort of works or at least that's that's what I'm trying to do. It seems <laughs> it seems like this is you are creating a way to actually transact with physical gold and silver, right? Yeah. Like yeah. back, I back mean, in distilling it. Yeah. Way back in yesteryear when we were like pirates and we had you yeah. know bags of uh, coin purses on our hips. Um, yeah, I mean it's an old standard, and that's what I was saying earlier when I was like, "This is this is uh, something old," and we're just using this new technology to make it practical again. Um, because there was a certain point in human history where it wasn't where it wasn't functional, and I won't get into the politics as to why America stepped away from the gold standard. Sure. Um, but you know, I think when you have it tied to a physical asset, it limits that idea that you can just infinitely print money into circulation, right? And therefore acting as a somewhat of a hedge against the inflation that we're presently seeing in the world. And it's not unique to the United States, right? Like I, I live in Canada, we suffer from inflation as well. You know, our lumber prices are probably going to go up like 400%. Um, and it all ties back to the, to the money, right? And so if you change the, if you change the money, if you make better money, then logic would stand that, um, the people, it, it will benefit the people, right? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I just read an article, and perhaps you did too, the gentleman who wrote the book Black Swan talking about how Bitcoin itself, uh, it doesn't really have, and I'm not going to say this correctly, you probably read the article. No, I actually haven't, but please go on. I was just talking about how, well, you could just replace Bitcoin with, with Apple stock, and we could trade that, you know, because the price of a home is never going to be indexed directly to the value of one Bitcoin. You could buy a home with Bitcoin, but it has nothing to do with the value of the actual Bitcoin. Um, And I see this as different than that because it's the value of a dollar or rather the value of gold or silver is what's going to drive the value of this token potentially. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly what it is because the assets are all redeemable, right? So if you, if you're like buy a hundred ounces of, of gold or silver from us and you have it in that digital format and you're like, I want to cash out. You can pull out that, you can pull out that and actually physically hold that metal for yourself. Right. You own that, uh, that gold or that silver. Um, you know, it's an interesting point about, you could just replace, you could just replace uh, Bitcoin with Apple stock. The reason Bitcoin really has valuation, um, is, is because of, uh, it proving the use case of blockchain technology as a whole. Right. Um, can it work as a payment? vehicle yes it can is it super efficient at it no it's not but what bitcoin proved is that um that you know trustless um transfers of value without needing intermediaries like banks 
uh, and so on and so forth is was was very viable as a product um, and and that it demonstrated that there was um, that there was desire for this in the world right and that is really how Bitcoin derives its value if people stop bl- truly believing in in Bitcoin technology and maybe maybe blockchain is just blu-ray DVDs in the future right and we all go straight to digital who knows I don't have a crystal ball then maybe Bitcoin will become completely valueless but real the real value for for Bitcoin is in in the sense that it is like sort of the progenitor of the entire market and it proved the use case of that technology that makes sense well, Nick, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, if you look at all the hedge funds, pension funds, uh, you know, big banks of the world, they're all beginning to uh, migrate over to the blockchain space. Uh, lots of them are dedicating certain chunks of their portfolio into Bitcoin, into blockchain assets. And my big tip is that if you don't have a strategy for acquiring some of these digital assets, it's really seriously time to start looking into that and into having a discussion about what a what a portfolio would look like for yourself. And obviously, I'm not a financial advisor, go speak to a financial advisor, get professional advice. But um, I do think that what we're living through right now is one of the biggest wealth generation events of our lifetime. And I want as many people along for the ride as possible. So that's my tip. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets come on, come on, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? And how can people engage with you in the load project? Absolutely. So if you want to yell at me on Twitter about all the things I may or may not have gotten minorly wrong, you can find me at Nicholas Proughton on Twitter. Just my name. Um, And I love having civil discourse. So please, Um, if you're interested in what what we're doing at Load and you want to get started, uh, loadpay.com, L-O-D-E-P-A-Y.com. Best place to get the links to the mobile wallet and immediately start buying and holding and using digital gold and silver. Uh, as well as holding, you know, some of your top, your favorite cryptocurrency assets as well. Uh, if you are, uh, you know, an analyst, a very analytical mind, and you want to like read all the investment papers and, uh, you know, read the right papers and all that fun documentation, all the investor resources are going to live on Load.one. So L-O-D-E dot O-N-E. Uh, and we also have a great uh, chat support and Telegram channel where you can engage with a community of people who are really pumped about what we're doing and what the market is doing at large. Uh, and we're really friendly people, so come say hello. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Nick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find and engage civilly with Nick on Twitter. It's Nicholas Proton. Uh and I'll list, list that in the notes of the show. Go to loadpay.com, L-O-D-E-P-A-Y.com. And if you really want to get into it, go to L-O-D-E dot O-N-E and just get started. Thanks again, Nick. It's been my pleasure, George. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.